Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business, Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to the women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. I want to tell you, I have met today's guest through a very good friend of mine. Any friend of hers is a friend of mine. And I usually don't know my guests, and I don't know Dina DiGiorgio very well, but I'm excited to get to know her better today. Dina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Susan. It's so happy to be here, and I'm excited to talk to you. Awesome. We're going to have fun with this one. First of all, um, I love a good accent. I have a good accent. I think you do, too. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a bit last, but I definitely have an accent. I try to minimize it, but yeah. Oh, don't. You be you. I tried for years to get rid of my Southern accent. It didn't work. And now I'm just like, you know what? Own it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Dina. So I am an attorney. Uh, I live in New York. Uh, I, live, I have a law practice out on Long Island. I've been a lawyer for uh, 27 years, and I have been in my own uh, law firm for the last uh, 24. My specialty is uh, family law. So I handle divorces, child support, custody issues. Uh, I am an attorney who goes to court, but I am also a divorce mediator. I started doing mediation about 10 years ago. Uh, and I'm really trying to uh, shift my practice in that direction. And I'm very excited about that. And hopefully I'll get to talk more about that as we get to know each other. You bet. You bet you will. So I think that's a very powerful and positive move if people would gravitate toward that. You know, I believe that you can separate with love, right? Not hate. You once loved this person. There's no reason that, well, I shouldn't say that. A lot of women and men think there's <laughs> a number of reasons, but I think it's great that you're focused on mediation. Tell me a little more about that. So, you know, the whole premise of mediation is to be able to you know, end a marriage or a relationship um, based on building mutual agreements rather than engaging in an adversarial process. And I think that my experience as a divorce attorney who's litigated many cases, I can say that the process itself can be very destructive, uh, particularly for women who sometimes tend not to be the moneyed spouse or tend to be the ones who uh, gave up their career in order to focus on their family. Um, and you know, women are different than men. And so engaging in a very long protracted process, fighting over money or children, things that are near and dear to you can be really destructive. Mediation shifts that focus and allows people who, as you pointed out, once really cared about each other to reach agreements based on mutual goals. And as the mediator, you try to help people figure out what are their goals and come up with creative ways where they can each achieve what they want. So it's the you know, proverbial sort of win-win situation. I love that. So I'm hearing a little bit of getting to yes in there. Is that? Yes. That's, yeah. the, that's the hallmark of mediation, getting to yes. You bet. Yeah. I know Fisher and Yuri. I actually met um, Yuri at a Commonwealth Club conversations with the, um, the, the author. I'm a huge fan of their work. Um, I love the seven principles and the, you know, find common 
ground first. And I, I just think what you're doing is amazing. And it saves so many people's uh, psyches, right? And their children's health and mental well-being, right? Mental health and well-being. So I love what you're doing. I think that's the way to go. Sometimes we don't, you know, we, we grow apart or we don't want to continue down the same path. Um, there's no need to destroy what was once a good thing in separating and moving on. Um, spoken like a woman who's on her third and final rodeo, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they say I, the third time's the charm, so. I, it is, and it has been, and it will be. It's, it's worked. It's, uh, you know, everything I went through got me to where I am, so no regret. Um, I will say we tried the mediator, and I was all about it. Um, my ex-husband, not so much, but I, I very much value what you do. And I think it's super important. And with the divorce rate as high as it is, we can't have all those angry people walking around on our planet. <laughs> no. Well, the, the thing is, I think mediation isn't for everyone. There are certain sort of red flags that, that I look for as a mediator to decide whether or not it's really in the couple's best interest to pursue it. Um, but, you know, people sort of have this idea that they can't engage in mediation because, as you pointed out, they're angry. And I think that that's probably the biggest misconception about mediation. You know, I manage a lot of people who are angry. Um, and as long as they can keep that anger in check and, and be in the same room and be civil, um, being angry is okay. I mean, ending a marriage is really emotional. And so what I try to get people to see is that they are angry, but they probably share common goals, particularly if they still have children living, you know, there's the children are still under 18 or they're, they haven't gone to college yet. And I try to get them to, to focus less on their, acknowledge their anger, but then sort of see past it. And that's, yeah um what the goal really is in in mediation but you can't be a um you can't encourage people i think to avoid angry feelings and i think that's what why i'm so successful with couples is because i'm not afraid to let that emotion into the room i think oftentimes people need to get it out of their system and once they do they're ready to move forward that is so amazing that you said that because i think you know Anger is a valid feeling and you need to sit with it and move through it. Um, the fact that you, you pointed that out, that you allow for that, that's, that's really good because I don't think, I mean, somehow it's going to get you if you don't, if you don't acknowledge your shadow self or uh, manage your shadow self, then, you know, it's going to get you right. So good that you're able to do that. And kudos to you for doing this. I, I, I don't have it in me. I'm too, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Um, let me ask you, this is a pretty proud professional accomplishment to transition to mediation, but um, is that your proudest professional accomplishment or maybe you haven't had it yet? Tell me more. Well, I mean, I, I'd like to think that I'm still, I'm sort of hitting my stride in my profession. You know, I've been 25 years practicing law on my own and I'm very excited about that. But I have to say that I think starting my own law firm shortly after graduating law school and going out on my own and starting a business and, and growing that business and, and becoming successful um, and an expert in my field is probably what I'm very proud of. I get that. That takes a lot of courage and you're, 
a lot more risk um, tolerant, if you will, for someone to be so entrepreneurial and a lawyer. That's great. That's awesome. It sounds like you did the right thing. Here you are 25 years later doing quite well. Uh, has anyone been a mentor to you or inspired you along the way? You know, I have to say this is a little bit maybe cliche, but really my mentor was my mom and I'll tell you why. Um, my mom was a single mother. My parents got divorced when my brother and I were young. I think I was six. My brother was four. My mother did not have a college degree. She only had a high school diploma. And my mom found herself a single mom in the 70s. She was in her early 30s. She had really no career to speak of. Um, and she really had to make it on her own. And I think the thing that she taught me was as a woman, you have to always be strong and independent and you always have to be able to take care of yourself. But she also taught me that you can do that and make your family your priority. And my mom very much did that. So I think that I've always carried that with me. And that's why I think I was attracted to family law in the first place, because it allows me to pay that forward with some of my clients and, and, and help them figure out their next chapter and encourage them to sort of discover themselves or maybe discover that strong, independent woman that's there and they just have to nurture her and bring her out. That's so beautiful. I don't, I don't know too many lawyers who use language like that. You listen with empathy and not judgment. That's amazing. Uh, what a Thank beautiful you. person you are. Wow. And your mom, how courageous. That's scary, especially back then, you know, to be a single mom. I, I was a single mom for a while, so I know it's hard, but uh, especially back in the 70s, it's probably even harder, right? So let me ask you this. I'm always lifting other women. I believe we can do big things, small things, and everything in between. What do you think we can do to support other women in business? <clears throat> I think the biggest thing that we can do as women is not judge each other harshly. I love um, it. And, I love it. And leave and leave room for different choices. You know, people prioritize different things in their lives. And I remember that when I was um, a younger mother, my children are now, uh, one is a college senior and my son is in uh, medical school. But when I was a young mom and I was trying to figure all this out and struggle with, you know, maintaining the career, being the mom, we all, you know, are faced with that as women. I think what I try to remember is whatever choice you make is okay as long as it's good for you and your family and i think now that i am sort of like maybe a mentor to some people what i try to say to women in general is you have to figure out what makes you the best you and oh, and, and not right and now. not judge and not get judged not be judged you know if, if you want to put your career on hold because you really want to focus on your children that's okay if you really want to try to find that balance where you maintain a really great career that's very demanding and requires a lot of working time and you find some alternative versus childcare, your partner your spouse whatever to to be there for your kids that's okay too there's no wrong I love that. I wrote that down. What makes you the best you? Um, great advice. Great advice. Um, let me ask you, has there been a challenge or maybe a setback? And if so, did you overcome it and how? So I would say that um, the biggest challenge is to um, not impose your 
sort of the way you think or feel about certain things um, on other people in your life and in particular your clients. So not to, not to project um, yourself on other people. And I think that I try to do that by being an, a listener, a reflective listener and remembering that, you know, what might maybe worked for me doesn't work for my clients. Um, and to try to, again, help the clients figure out how to be their best self um, and not necessarily push them in a specific direction. You know, that's amazing that you said that. I was going to say projection and you, 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 you said that. Um, I think most people don't even recognize they do that. And the fact that you're cognizant of it and you're aware of it and you are, you know, combating that natural tendency is super powerful. Um, I think we all do that. We live in our bubble, right? Our standpoint, you know, we operating from the place where we stand, we see things the way we see them. So to listen from the, the other person's point of view or to view things from the other person's point of view, I should say, is very powerful. Yeah, I think it's true, especially for attorneys, because, you know, lawyers, people come to you because they have a problem generally, and they're looking for a solution. And so I think the challenge, especially as a divorce lawyer, is to remember that what your solution might be, or what your go-to uh, problem-solving technique might be, might not be right for the client, and that you have to encourage the client to try to figure out what's right for them and not impose your um, thinking or thought processes or judgments on them. And, you know, that's especially true um, when you're talking about, um, you know, personal decisions like raising a family, choosing a career, you know, what to do after you're divorced, how to, how to manage your relationship with the other, with your partner. You know, you, you got to remember it's not one size fits all. Um, and you try to get, I try to give options without necessarily making a choice for the client. So I help try to help them make good decisions based on accurate, reliable information that's given in the most neutral way. You're like my favorite lawyer. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously, where were you when I had my first two divorces? <laughs> I wish I had known you then. Um, even just knowing you personally is nice. You're, you're definitely a benefit to my network and hopefully uh, we'll connect more offline after the podcast as well. So I want to ask you, now's the time in my show where I ask people something surprising about themselves that maybe even people who know them don't know. So this might not be so surprising given how our original, you know, conversation started off, but I did grow up in the Bronx. <laughs> I lived there until I was 26, until I got married. Um, and um, I, I will say that, um, and this is probably a little full disclosure, but you know, we, I have a, a younger brother and, and my mom and my brother and I lived in a two bedroom apartment. And so I had to share a room with my mom. So I had my mom as a roommate. <laughs> oh, that explains another reason why you're probably so close. You've experienced what she has experienced, not just seen what she's gone through, but um, I think that's beautiful. I think you turned out amazing. Um, Thank you. Dina from the Bronx. Um, that's it, yeah. Dina from the Bronx. <laughs> So at this point, I have started asking what's called the wild card question, but only if you're game. Um, are you game? And if so, oh. 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. I love that. Spoken like a true Italian woman. Of course. So courageous. I'm going to pull a question out of a box that has 144 questions. Okay. And then this is nice. This is nice. So what is a quality you value most in others? Mm, that's a one quality. I would say authenticity. Love it. You're speaking my language. Totally. Um, I would rather people be authentic than, you know, per be, be perfect, right? Our job is yeah. to, to, to be, not do, right? So I love that. What a great answer. I would have said that too. Um, awesome. Well, listen, you're amazing. There are a lot of people out there struggling right now, going through divorce or thinking about it or wanting to, but afraid to take the first step because they don't know a person like you exists. What if they want to reach you? How can they do that to learn more? So I do have a website. It's uh, newyorkdivorcelawyer.org. Uh, uh, I'm actually in the process of launching a new website called mynewyorkmediator.com, but it's not quite up yet. But really, if they Google me, they'll come up with my website, they'll come up with my contact information, and they should just send me an email or call the office. I'm happy to chat with people. That first exploratory phone call to a lawyer can be very scary. Um, and I'm happy to spend a little time educating people about the different ways to get divorced, mediation versus litigation versus, um, you know, collaborative, uh, talk about some things that they should keep in mind, things that they should be prepared for, um, documents they should start gathering so that they can, they can get the most out of um, the process and can be a partner to and a helper to whatever professionals they decide to use. I love that. You're awesome. Let me ask you one more question that was not, um, I wasn't prepared to ask before, but I think I want to know, how do you keep your sacred self safe from all this, you know, tension? And I'm sure sometimes anger, as we earlier discussed, how do you um, stay centered and sane and, and, you know, what do you do to heal after being in the room with such energies? That's a great question. I think what I um, try to do is remind myself that I can only do the best that I can do. And as long as I bring my best authentic self to the process and I approach the clients with the best of intentions and be authentic with them and sincere in trying to tell them I really want to help them get to a better place, I, I remind myself that that's who I am and that's what I'm about. And it doesn't work all the time. Um, well, when it works, it's great. And I feel really proud. If it doesn't go exactly as I planned, I remind myself that um, that's why I'm here. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm good at taking time for myself and doing things that make me really happy. Good. I don't think Brene Brown has anything on you, Dina. <laughs> <laughs> You put a, you know, give her a run for the run for her money. So you're amazing. I, I can't wait to continue our relationship, our friendship. Um, I love your accent, by the way. I could listen to you talk all day long. I think it's great. Um, so I'm so honored to have you on the show. And I can't wait to share the blogcast. I know people who follow me know that I'll write a blog about you. We'll tell Dina's story through pictures. We'll have her headshot. We'll have her bio, but we'll also have the contact info just in case you missed it and didn't get to jot down 
the website and such. So I'll make sure to put all that in there. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we say goodbye? I just want to say thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. And I love your accent too. And I could listen to your <laughs> accent all day long. <laughs> well, we're going to have to meet in person once things normalize a little bit. And so we can actually do that. Maybe over a glass of wine. Absolutely. All right. Have a good day, everybody. And thanks for listening in. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.